0: Welcome, everyone, to episode 26 of the Hot Esquina podcast. Yo soy tu, anfitrión, your host, Enrique. I'm joined by my co-host, Sean. Today is a very special episode as we're going to give you our midseason award show where we get into who we think has been the top performers of the Yankees at the halfway point of the season. We're also going to review the Red Sox series. The Yankees win another series. We're also going to talk a little bit about the minors. We're going to welcome on John Brophy as he's going to give us his take on the Martian. Jason Dominguez getting called up to high A Hudson Valley as well as Grant Richardson. What does he think they'll do? You're going to have to tune in to find out. And we'll be right back. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Ahí va por el left field. Olvídate, se va la calle en la en la calle. Esa se va. Se va. Se fue. And we're back. So before we get started, and I welcome on John Brophy and my co-host Sean. Let's get into this Yankees-Red Sox series. The Yankees, as I said, won another series. Um, they're at 64 wins for the year. Cruising into the All-Star break, ladies and gentlemen. It, it feels good. It feels good to be a Yankee fan right now. Um, They lost Friday 5-4 in a weird one where a wild pitch by Michael King allowed Xander Bogarts to score the deciding run in the 11th the Yankees had multiple chances to put this one away but couldn't deliver leaving 25 runners on base their only real offense in this one came on a Giancarlo Stanton three-run homer in the third Monty went six strong only allowing three runs on six hits one walk and four Ks and the aforementioned Michael King took the loss The Yanks bounced back nicely Friday, however, (laughs) to the tune of 14-to-1. Matt Carpenter, man, what a season he's had, ladies and gentlemen, seriously. He went two for four with two homers and seven ribbies in this one, as he and potential MVP Aaron Judge, who also had two home runs, carried the load offensively, while wow, Jamison Tyone and former Red Sox Ryan Weber went a combined one earn run, one walk, six K's on just three hits in nine innings pitched. Needless to say, the Yankees needed a game like this. Aaron Judge, as I said, you know, he contributed with two home runs also. Um, what a year he's had. You know what I'm saying? It it was good to see. Good stuff all around. Um The Yankees then won another laugher earlier today as we're recording Sunday, uh, defeating Boston 13-2 for their 64th win. As I mentioned, it's a high watermark for them in their franchise history. They had never won 64 games before the All-Star break, so definitely an accomplishment for them there. Um, Matt Carpenter continued his impressive year, adding three RBIs, on a nice RBI double to right field, and an RBI ground out. Joey Gallo, one of the moon men homered in this one, and Garrett Cole, he went seven strong with two earned runs, no walks, and 12 strikeouts on four hits, including striking out Rafael Devers, his arch nemesis, and his counterpart, Chris Sale, left the game in the first inning after taking a line drive from Aaron Hicks right to his pinky. Results showed later that the pinky was broken. Our Our thoughts go out with Chris Sale. Hopefully he can rebound nicely. But we're at 64 wins, ladies and gentlemen, right now, at the halfway mark of the season. We're 13 games up on Tampa Bay, 14.5 on Toronto as, as of this recording. And thanks to winning two of the three games against Boston in this series, we're now 16 and a half in front of Boston and 18 in front of Baltimore. We're halfway through the year. You're sitting comfortably. This is a beautiful thing that the Yankees are are going through and and a beautiful thing to experience if you're a Yankee fan. Enjoy it. Enjoy this All-Star break. Enjoy the Home Run Derby on Monday. Enjoy the all star game on Tuesday, and it's back to business on Thursday against Houston in a nice doubleheader. That if you can take care of business against Houston come Thursday, but before we get into that, and I welcome on my co host Sean, let me welcome on John Brophy as he's gonna take you on some minors talk. John, take it away.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, tonight we had the futures game, but the exciting news was. Um, there's a couple, uh, moves we have going on with the outfield. Uh, first we had, uh, Everson Pereira got called up to Somerset from Hudson Valley. Um, he was the first move to make room for Grant Richardson, who was the second move. And then the big news today was, uh, Jason Dominguez. Um, one of the top Yankees prospects got uh, called up to, uh, Hudson Valley. Um, and I was fortunate to, uh, to pass along the news to his father. Uh, that was, that was a pretty special moment. It's awesome to see that the hard work that these gentlemen have put in get rewarded, uh, especially Pereira. He set the, uh, the Hudson Valley franchise home run record the day that he set it, I think he got called up to Somerset. Um, so Grant Richardson just got, uh, promoted up to Hudson Valley, um, was uh, named Florida State League uh, Player of the Week in June. Uh, June altogether, he hit 362, 431, 707, uh, five doubles, five home runs, 19 RBI. He's kind of one of those quiet prospects that doesn't get the attention that Jason Dominguez does, of course, you know, especially considering that he's battling for time in the outfield um, up against Jason Dominguez. Um, and that was one of the things that they had mentioned in um, the, the video that player development put out is Grant isn't getting a lot of time in the outfield. So we're going to send him up. Are you OK with that? And Jason's like, yeah, sure, whatever. You know, and, and the fact that he's humble about it kind of speaks to the kind of person that Jason is. You know, I'm, I may speak a little bit of negative negativity of him, but it's because I want to see him succeed. You know, I want to see him live up to the the Mike Trout kind of comparison that I think he may be able to live up to.
0: I'm very excited, first and foremost, about him getting called up to high A Hudson Valley. I know my partner, Sean, is too. Um, what are your expectations for him now that he's, you know, gotten the much anticipated call up to the next level?
1: I think eventually he'll succeed. I think at the beginning he might struggle a little bit. Um just because it'll be something new for him. He did have a little bit of a hard time in the beginning of um, when he started off in the complex league, when he started off in Tampa, because remember when he went to the futures game last year, um, he went without even recording his first hit. He had only made his debut and he was, he was, he had only made um, a week's worth of games. So, I mean, there's that. So,
2: that just shows you
1: the hype around this kid
2: because he was at the Futures game last year without having any sort of professional at-bats. And now, you know, he's, he's there again. So, you know, this kid, his potential
1: for real deal, like you said. I think he's going to struggle a little bit. You know, I think fans need to have a little bit of patience with him uh, when he's in Hudson Valley. Don't expect him to be hitting 400-foot home runs every game, you know, because he didn't hit that when he was in Tampa either it's kind of a rarity for him to hit a home run and for you to see it as opposed to saying, seeing say a a judge home run in person or a Roseau home run in person like that. As far as a comparison goes, you know, if, if we're going to talk about Yankee kind of home runs. So as far as defense goes, he still has a little bit of work to do. If you saw the futures game, you know, he made a little bit of a a defense uh, bobble at the wall in center field bobbled a catch, allowed a, a two-run double. Uh, it was charged as an error. So, you know, he's, he's only 19. You got to give him a break, I, I think. But if if I'm being critical, it's you, know, it's, you know, he needs some work. Would you say that that's what he's got to improve on the most? I, yeah, I would say his fielding is, um, is the roughest right
0: now. Did you um see the home run that he hit today in the Futures game, John? Speaking of the Futures game, that did, looked yeah. like a blast. <laughs> That's and you
1: know what? That's just regular Dominguez power. I've seen his home runs and I've seen his his batting practice. That was a batting practice home run. Do you see him
2: as he progresses through now that he's in, you know, Hudson Valley? Do you see him as a center fielder or do you see him because like you know, we were saying that that's probably something he's got to work on the most. I know they're going to try to keep him at center field. That probably makes the most sense. But can you see him more as a corner outfield type guy? Or do you, can you see him still, you know, dominating or being
1: a competitive major league level at center field? I could see him moving to right field. Now that I think about it, left field makes more sense because he doesn't have the arm for right field. So left field makes more sense because... um he wouldn't need the relays as much. He wouldn't need to depend on the relays as much in left field as he would for right field. I think he's going to end up in Somerset. I would think by this point next year, I don't think he would begin the the year in Somerset. If that makes sense. You know, I don't, I don't think he's going to, it's going to be a short season uh, for him in, in Hudson Valley. He basically spent a whole year. He's his debut in Tampa was July 13th last year and today's date is july 16th the day that we're recording this this segment so it's basically in a full year of where he was in in single a or or then low a tampa what last year was so i would say he's going to spend almost a full year in hudson valley they're taking their time with him
0: I want to round it out uh, full circle with you here and ask you what you thought of uh, the Futures game today. I know you mentioned that you saw it. Um, Volpe was representing us today in that game. Uh, Waldis Chuck was representing us today in that game. Uh, Anything you saw from those guys and just any prospects that you saw in the Futures game that stood out to you, really? I know there was one kid that threw the ball from shortstop at over 100 miles an hour, Basically making (laughs) O'Neill Cruz look look weak in in that sense, you know what I'm saying? It's ridiculous. Like, what did you think of the futures game?
1: If my my big takeaway was, um, if nothing else, I'm really disappointed it didn't go nine innings. Um, Volpe went 0 for two with two strikeouts. Dominguez, as we mentioned, went uh, had a the that monster home run. It was 100 415 feet, 108 mile an hour off the bat. Had a 111 foot arc 111 feet up in the air 31 degree launch angle monster shot it was ridiculous and the left field bleachers it was a stupid shot walder chuck i'm disappointed that they put walder chuck as the closer he only threw three pitches and that was that was it and i'm disappointed that that's all that there was
0: was there anybody that stood out to you that caught your eye
1: there was a catch i tweeted this out there was a catch by oscar colas it was a um a white Sox uh prospect in center field replaced jason dominguez i'll see if i can tweet out a um a clip of it uh he's a a cuban prospect from santiago de uh or from la habana i don't know because you never know with the cuban players he's pretty impressive uh i guess with the stats he made a ridiculous catch though
0: Well, thank you for that, John. Uh, We definitely appreciate your insight. We uh, always enjoy talking minor league baseball with you, John.
1: It's always a pleasure talking baseball with you guys. You know that. And any listeners um, that are in the Hudson Valley area, I will be at Jason Dominguez's Hudson Valley debut on the 26th. So if you are in the Hudson Valley area, you're more than welcome to say hi. I expect it will be sold out. So make sure you buy your tickets early um i have my credentials already so i will be there no matter what but um i will look forward to seeing a lot of you there um uh, or I expect to see a lot of you there anyways um so if you're there shoot me a tweet at jbrothy baseball let me know you're going to be there and i'll be uh, happy to say hi
0: well we definitely want to thank john for that great insight as always into the youngsters the prospects the future Bronx bombers, right, Sean, you know what I'm saying? he he always brings the insight, speaking of future Bronx bombers, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that the Yankees just now were recording Sunday, drafted two players in the MLB draft. They selected Spencer Jones in the first round at pick number twenty five six foot seven right fielder, kind of gives you. A little bit of Aaron Judge vibes back in 2013 that's always a good thing and then in the second round they drafted Cal Poly sophomore pitcher Drew Thorpe with their second round pick now back to the majors Sean first of all let me welcome you on brother how you doing
2: I'm doing good man uh appreciate being on as always um it's been a very interesting first half, I would have to say. I'm I'm a little giddy right now, because uh, of the fact that how we ended our first half against the Red Sox and and uh, how how incredible this this year has been so far. It's it's been something I'll probably remember forever.
0: Speaking of the first half, man, how about we dive right into uh, the main the main course of this podcast, which is our first half review um we we compiled the list of topics both me and sean are going to give our answers as far as who we think deserves the superlatives to each topic and hopefully give you guys great conversation along the way um let's get it started with the first half mvp i think this is the easiest answer i'm ever going to answer in my life I think it's Aaron judge. Um, I mean, the guy is forget first half MVP for the Yankees. He's making a case for major league MVP. Like if he keeps this up, Sean, he's going to be the the MVP at the end of the season. Yankee bias or not, there's no way the voters can't give it to this guy at this point. He's got a 4.4 war. 96 hits, 33 home runs at the halfway mark. Batting 284. You know, I mean, you add 70 ribbies to that, eight stolen bases. I mean, the guy <laughs> the guy's having a career year, you know what I'm saying? What what do you think? What's been your first half MVP?
2: I would give it to Judge, but um I would also give it to to the entire pitching staff in general, you know, like this The pitching is something I have never I have not seen probably in my lifetime that I can remember where a whole pitching staff has come together and been so dominant through the first, you know, 90 games of a season. It's it really is incredible to watch. There's not a single pitcher necessarily that I I look at coming in the game that I get really nervous about or I think that can't get the job done. You know, I it it really is an exciting, uh, exciting time to be a Yankee fan.
0: It's a beautiful thing, man. Um, speaking of pitching, that's actually a perfect segue, Sean. Um, let's go to our next topic. Um, who's been your first half Cy Young?
2: Oof, it's uh, that's a tough one because, like I just said, man, you know the pitching has just been fantastic this this entire time. Um, you know, thinking about it, Uh I know, I know, I I think I know what your answer is going to be, so I'm going to choose opposite. But I, I, I'm always going to give it to Cole. Um, Cole has been, you know, so dominant for us ever since he's, he's come over. And there, there hasn't been a second for me where he has not been, you know, your, your number one pitcher in the clubhouse and the guy you give the ball to on a game one or a game seven situation. He's been my Cy Young. He, you know, he had a, a struggling. He struggled a lot in, in the first uh, couple starts, but he has rebounded. Uh, real well you know now he's nine and two with a 3.02 at the break he got selected to be in, in the all-star game that he's not going to because he just pitched obviously but he's rebounded real well since those first couple of uh starts and uh he's I, I would give him the the Cy Young award on my side
0: it's funny because for me it was a toss-up between Cole and and the guy that I'm going to pick because obviously you pick Cole. I'm going to go with Nestor Cortez. You're you're laughing because you knew that I was going to pick him, I'm imagining. Um, I was literally going to mention them both because I couldn't decide between both of them because both of them have been carrying this pitching staff. Um, seven and three, you know what I'm saying? He struggled a little bit recently too, you know what I'm saying? he He was the opposite of Cole where Cole started in the beginning of the year, um, and then his rounding out to form. Nestor's been a little bit of the opposite where he started off the year blazing fire. You know what I'm saying? And recently, like we've talked about in recent episodes, maybe pitching as often as he has compared to what he's pitched in for his entire career. Maybe it's catching up to him and maybe the fatigue is is getting to him. That's why I'm happy he has the all-star break now to kind of recharge his batteries. But um, you know, overall, man. Uh, even with the slowdown recently and the hiccups he's been experiencing recently, you know, you still can't deny what this man has done um, throughout this season. I mean, ninety-nine strikeouts for the year to just twenty-two walks. I mean, bro, ninety-nine to twenty-two. That's that's a pretty good strikeout-to-walk ratio. You know what I'm saying? 95 innings pitched. I know, like you said, maybe they're going to put him on a pitch innings limit moving forward. You know, that's why the trade deadline is going to be really interesting. Um, you know, I, I just feel like, bro, when he's out there, even with his recent struggles, you got to feel like you got a legit chance of winning the game. You know what I'm saying? We, we went through the first half MVP, Sean. We went through pitching. Now let's go a little defense and uh, let's go with, the first half cold glove winner. I'm going to go with Aaron Judge again. I mean, the defense he's played in center field, he's been, Sean, he's been our unofficial center fielder this year. I know we've talked about this in recent podcasts. I mean, he started 48 games in center this year, uh, as opposed to 37 games in right field. To see a guy that big, that tall, Run down balls the way he has with the ease he has, just gliding to them easily. I mean, it, it, it's it's been remarkable to see, man. Um, he's got ninety seven put outs in center field. And then the most important factor, no errors. You know what I'm saying? The man's had no errors playing center. Nothing seems to be too difficult for him. I mean, have you seen some of his diving catches that he makes out there, Sean? It's been ridiculous. like, how can you not give it to him? You know what I'm saying?
2: Judge is a very good answer. Um, I think a lot of people would have chosen judge. Uh, I, I kinda, I'm going to go in the infield though and, and give it to DJ DJ has not been, has not been talked about enough, you know, for playing three different positions in the infield and has, you know, only one error on the season. And, uh, but, you know, playing, you know, almost 40 games at third base, you know, playing 30 games at second, playing almost 20 games at first, you know, you, you could not ask for, for more for someone like DJ. Uh, I I would give it to him. Yeah. Judge has been incredible, especially, you know, his movement, his move to center field almost full time and and the plays that he's made. I know he played center field in high school and a little bit in the minors, but you know, for a six foot seven guy at, you know, almost 270 some pounds, you know, that's, that's pretty incredible what he's doing out there, and then for DJ, you know, he's a big dude as well, six foot four, six five, and you know, to be able to make plays like that in both corners, you know, he's he's good at, at, at the at the hottest esquina. So you know, he's uh, I I give him uh, I give him a lot of credit for some for a position that he's not naturally known to be playing. He he has taken on that role well, especially to give Gleyber Torres more at bats and more time at second. He's been a, a team player this entire time. He's never made it about himself. We've never heard anything about him. And he, his fielding has backed it up on all three, you know, three positions. And I, I give it to him.
0: I mean, yeah, man, DJ's a good answer. He's he's always been Mr. Reliable for us. And you're right. You know what he's doing in two different positions for us this year has been great. And and you could say three because he's played a little first base, too, like like you said, on. Speaking of, of reliable, Sean, let's, let's go with somebody who's been surprisingly reliable for the Yankees this year. Who's been your biggest surprise of the first half?
2: Well, this is a tough one because I think there's so many, Um, but for someone, I, you know what, I'm going to go big name here. And I'm going to say that Rizzo has been my um, biggest surprise because of how incredible he has, you know, been this first half. Um, I'm not trying to say that he's regressing or anything like that, but having 22 home runs, you know, 57 RBIs and, and uh, being, you know, still uh, one of the best first baseman in all of baseball, especially for how Yankee fans were coming into this off season where Rizzo was kind of like that third option, you know, for who we wanted to get at first. And, you know, I know Yankee fans are not going to want to admit it now, but, you know, that, you know, we had, we had our eyes on Olsen and the Freemans of the world. So before we, before we rounded out to, to Rizzo and Rizzo has come in and been absolutely incredible since day one. Uh, I'll never forget when he hit, he hit that, that two run home run in, in opening day against the Red Sox. I was there for that. And he changed the whole, you know, feeling of the crowd that in, in, in one at bat, I, I give it to him. He's been the most reliable for me. And he's been the biggest surprise with how incredible his offense performance has been to match his
0: defense as well for me um i'm probably gonna go with the popular choice but how can you not i'm gonna go with matt carpenter here bro i mean what he's doing is incredible bro you talk about a guy that got a minor league deal with the texas rangers downright uh, asked for his release was sitting on his couch didn't know if his career would ever revive itself again, he thought it was the end. And then to get a call from the New York Yankees, bro, the best organization in sports and come in and, and do what he's been doing. I mean, the guy has 13 home runs in, in what 79 at bats. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Like that's bro. He's, he's batting like the, batting champion, Matt Carpenter, that he was with the Cardinals. 354 batting average, 469 on base percentage, nine eleven slugging, and a 1.380 OPS, Sean. That's video game numbers. That sounds like numbers that you would get from like a player that you created in MLB The Show. You know what I'm saying? Like a create a player that you created with like souped up stats and souped up attributes. Like that does not sound like like regular real life numbers, bro. He's he's been on a tear. I'm super super happy about him being in pinstripes and you know, I I remember back when when the Yankees first got him and me and you were like, "What? A major league deal? What?" And and we were both like looking at each other like, what are the Yankees doing? Brother, were we both wrong, huh?
2: <laughs> oh man. I uh, I I don't think I've eaten my words harder than than this this last couple of uh couple of weeks with Matt Carpenter. And I'm not, you know, I, I don't hate it all. Every time I see Matt Carpenter up there, I for some reason think he's sending it to the moon. So, you know, I uh, that I love his swing, you know, and, and what he's done. He's uh he's you could say he's the biggest surprise as well there's so many though like that that's the reason why it was so hard this is probably the toughest question for me because you could say jose trevino being an all-star now out of nowhere you could say rizzo you could say glaber who you know got out of a huge funk the last couple years you know having now more home runs than he did like the last two years combined you know he he's really starting to come back to full form uh you know you can go you can go anywhere stan's having a great uh a great first half DJ's doing great. Hicks with a huge bounce back from, from the first two months. Carpenter's unbelievable. You know, there's so many clay Holmes, You you can go everywhere, you know, Luis Severino, you know, being out for almost two full years and what he's done, it, it, it's just been such an incredible year. And I, I know, like, as I go through the list, I'm, you know, Michael King, you can just keep going. Like every time I see a new name, I'm like, Oh, you can say him as well. You could say him as well. You could say him as well. Like, it's just been an, an incredible year uh, for Yankee fans, for the Yankees, for everybody. So
0: let's let's uh, let's move on to our next topic, Sean, and let's go to the negative. Who's been your biggest disappointment in the first half?
2: Uh, I think, you know, where I'm going with this one because <laughs> I'm I still an advocate for this person. Um, I think
0: we're both going to go the same. Route. <laughs> yeah,
2: I I. I've been an advocate for this person ever since he got traded here last year, but Joey Gallo is probably my, my biggest disappointment. It really is unfortunate to see, cause I, I was really excited to to get him and, and I'm a huge advocate for his defense. He's got one of the, one of the, he's one of the best outfielders in the league still. I know not, you know, I'm not saying with the bat in his hand, but you know, with a glove, he he's, he's still one of the best. And, uh, I was really excited when we got him, and with what we built this year, huge change in how uh, defensive this team has become. Uh, he has definitely been uh, very, very strong for us in the outfield, but just he just can't get it going at all when it comes to the uh, to to getting bad on ball, and and so I would definitely give it to him for
0: you know my biggest disappointment right now. It's kind of hard not to pick Gallo because. You just look at him and you see his body of work when he was with Texas, you know, and you expected something around those lines here in the pinstripes, especially with that short porch and right. You know, you you were never going to expect him to hit 300. You never were going to expect him to have, you know, that type of batting average, that type of. um, You know, On base percentage, even though he does walk a lot or at least did walk a lot in his career, but you at least expected him to have, you know, a 220 batting average, you know, maybe what 20 something, maybe 30 home runs at this point. I 20 something might be the more realistic, uh, figure, you know what I'm saying? You expected him to have somewhat of the numbers Rizzo has, you know what I'm saying? Because Rizzo his batting average isn't exactly elite right now himself, but he's producing, he's mashing, he's hitting the homers. His slugging is pretty high. You know what I'm saying? So that's what you wanted from Gallo. And he hasn't been that at the plate, great defense, but at the plate, he's been abysmal. So, um, I mean, I know he's been the, the, the talk of trade rumors, uh, Yankees have him on the block. It's going to be interesting to see what happens come August 2nd. Um, will he get traded will he not will the yankees trade for his replacement in in the outfield could we see a juan soto acquisition hopefully fingers crossed you know what i'm saying um let's see let's see but yeah it's difficult to not pick gallo um let's let's go back to the positives now and go to our unsung hero of the first half this is a guy who hasn't necessarily been the surprise of the first half, but somebody, Sean, who has gone under the radar and doesn't get the props they deserve. You know what I'm saying? For me, I got to go with uh, Jose Trevino in that aspect. I mean, he's an all-star for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Um, what he's done with this pitching staff, I could go all day on his, on his batting, but just what he's done with this pitching staff has been remarkable, bro. To, to go from Gary Sanchez, um, who three-fifths of the starting rotation did not want to pitch to him, to a guy that has the ultimate respect of all five starters, every single one trusts him behind the plate, both calling the games and being able to throw anything they want at him. You know what I'm saying? They're not afraid that if they throw one down at the dirt, it won't be a pass ball or a wild pitch, you know what I'm saying? They know Trevino's got it. You know what I'm saying? He's been elite defensively, elite calling games, elite framing pitches. I mean, my god, he steals strikes with the best of them, you know what I'm saying? Bro, like he's been he's been remarkable and and when you throw in his hitting, and his clutch gene, like, the some of the clutch hits he's had this year have been outstanding. I mean, I, I got to give it to Trevino, brother.
2: See, now I'm going to go in a different route. And uh, I'm not going to give it to any player. Um, I'm going to give it to Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman. Because if we go to the beginning of the season and – you know, we looked at what, what this team came out on paper. We were very, uh, we questioned a lot of things, let's just say, you know, and, and we were very uh, up in arms about, you know, Boone coming back at first and, you know, what's Cashman doing? What's going on here? Like, you know, how is this supposed to be a world series team? And, you know, under the radar, he was, you know, acquiring defense after defense after defense and, You know, getting all these players, you know, weren't stars, weren't the Carlos Correa's and the Trevor stories and the Freddie Freeman's and the Matt Olsons, like everyone predicted all the Yankees got to get two of the four, you know, all that nonsense going into it. Um, I I, I really give it to to Brian Cashman first, um, because, you know, coming out of the lockout a very slim amount of time, you know, he didn't do anything before the lockout. And uh, to to come out of the lockout and change this team to getting, you know, from getting Marlon Gonzalez, you know, the, at the same time, the Red Sox got Trevor Story and everyone was going crazy about how terrible Cashman was to get Gonzalez. And uh, I think Gonzalez is one of my favorite players on the team. And then, you know, to resign Rizzo when he was a third option and, you know, to get IKF and Josh Donaldson the trade. Uh, for, for you know, for Gary Sanchez and Giorgio, people like, well, how is this? You know, how did we win this trade? You know, how how is that a win for us? You know, to to go get Matt Carpenter during the middle of the season to, you know, all, all those guys to get Tim McCasper to be a speed threat. You know, you just you just so, slowly saw the team and and even even to add to it, you know, to also get Jose Trevino at, at basically the buzzer and to see him become the all-star that he that he is now. Um, I I I give it to him first and then to Aaron Boone for how he's managed his team. You know, um, you know, you Cashman has has built such an incredible pitching staff. And uh you can almost, like I said earlier, that every every pitcher out there is, is someone I have complete confidence in. Uh the people who have come and gone and the people who are in the minors now who have played for us you know, from the Sears to the Clark Schmitz to, you know, to everyone we have now on the 26 man uh, it's, it's just been, it's been incredible, you know, and I give it to, to Boone, like I said, because of how he's managed his team. And, you know, without those two working uh, so perfectly together, you know, this team, this team is built to, to, you know, be world series contenders, but, you know, you have to have a great manager to, to bring you there. And, Um, I give it to Boone for a lot of a lot of credit for why we have the 64 wins that we do at the break.
0: He might be finally, you know, getting his his feet under him as a manager. Like, you know, he was very nervous and you could tell very green when he first started. But maybe now is when he's finally getting it together. You know, who knows? I, I completely agree with you. I I cannot Go against anything Boone's done this year. He's made some questionable calls. Let's let's be real, but but he's human. You know what I'm saying. Nobody's gonna be perfect. Nobody's gonna bat a thousand, as they say. You know what I'm saying. So it is what it is. You know what I'm saying. I I, I agree with you. I feel like he's done great. And yeah, kudos to Cashman. The moves he he made, bro. Like we, I know a lot of Yankee fans. I'll throw myself in there. Okay, fine. I'll throw myself in there. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna yeah. <laughs> act like I'm immune to it. There were some of the moves he made where I questioned it and and a lot of Yankees, Twitter and Yankee fans in general questioned it, But they've all worked out. And you know, he's definitely making a case to be brought back. I know this is his quote unquote, free agent year. so, I, I feel like he's definitely making a case to be brought back. I know some Yankee fans that are hearing this might not like hearing that because there's some Yankee fans that just cannot stand Brian Cashman. But, I mean, the results speak for themselves, especially if all these moves he made translate to World Series number 28, Sean, like we expected to with, with 64 wins at the break. Let's go now to um the next topic, and and let's go with uh, – our favorite moment of the first half, Sean. Um, I'll take this one first. Um, my favorite moment, bro. Speaking of Jose Trevino, was his walk off against the Orioles on May 24th, bro. That was the Jose Trevino game, like we called it on the podcast. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I mean, bro, the guy literally homered in the third in that game to give the Yankees the lead he hit a single in in the seventh to tie the game at five and then in the 11th hit the walk-off single pointing up at the sky saying papi in honor of his dad on the day that would have been his 69th birthday bro I mean Jose Trevino had some Yankee fans in tears that day bro I know I know I was watching with my kid and when he saw that, my kid literally grabbed me and hugged me, bro. He's like, daddy, you know, and he hugged me like he got wrapped up in it. You know what I'm saying? And and it was incredible to watch, man. Like it, it was one of my favorite moments ever for a Yankee, but especially my favorite moment um for this season. How about you?
2: That, that was a very heartwarming moment for me, you know, and uh, that that was really awesome. But since you took that one, I'm going to I'm going to. I'm going to go more in a uh, positive and not emotional route, but uh, I'm going to go with this too. There's, and I, I consider them the same. The Aaron judge walk off against the blue Jays off Romano um, earlier in the season. That was a huge three run home run to, to, you know, kind of, it kind of showed everyone in the league who the Yankees were that, they were not to be counted out. And it was a different, you know, it was a different tune than what we were used to. They usually, you know, Aaron judge, especially hadn't had a walk-off hit, you know, it, the Yankees struggle to, to get things going in the ninth. They weren't really much of a, uh, a walk-off type team in the last couple of seasons. And especially when Jordan Romano takes the mound, he's always been dominant against us. And this season, the Yankees have never been counted out and it doesn't matter where that was, you know, that was like the beginning to of, of showing us Yankee fans that it didn't matter, you know, uh, what, what time in the game it was the ninth inning with two outs, the first inning, you know, we we always had a chance to come back, and Aaron Judge has made that very clear since the beginning. And him hitting that walk off was incredible, and then his walk off again, again, well, both of them really against the Astros, you know, to to have the team on his back to avoid the Yankees getting swept at Yankee Stadium against Houston in a team that we're gonna be battling with all the way till the end for that top spot in in, in the AL. You know, Judge put the team on his back right there and, and got us two wins that maybe we didn't deserve, but uh, you know, have us battle back and, you know, get us those wins and getting those two walk off hits in, in that series alone. Judge has been incredible and he he helped us out those those three games right there, but especially that Astro series, is probably the, my, my favorite moment so far this season.
0: Great moments, great moments to say the least. And, and, and hopefully we have more great moments to look forward to in the second half, right, Sean? You know what I'm saying? Um, now, unfortunately, it's time to go the negative route and let's go with our least favorite moment of the first half. Sean, what, what's yours?
2: Oh man, this is tough because this te- this season has been so incredible. Uh it really is hard to find a negative moment. But uh I would say the last the last week has been the toughest. Um, you know, I've said it plenty of times in this podcast where you know it seems like the the Yankees were kind of laboring towards that all-star break. We seem to be uh slowing down a little bit, nothing too too crazy, but I would say if I had to pick two specific ones, I would say the, um, I would say the the Clay Holmes uh, debacle where against the Reds, uh, I had never seen anything like that from him, and I wasn't upset really. It was just something like I guess it was inevitable. It had to happen sometime. It just you know it, it gave me uh, a this Chapman against the Angel vibes, and uh, I I did not like that, and you know in a game where. We, we should have won. And it seemed like a series where we, we should have had in the bag. We just let it slip um, with that game. And then the, the finale, and then I would say the Red Sox walk off win against us. Uh, that hurt, you know, it, it, we were up, you know, five, three in the 10th and then to watch them come back and win six, five, uh, that, that hurt a lot, especially from a guy who's named after our captain, Derek Jeter, you know, I didn't like that at all, but that's all right. You know, that's what makes good baseball. You know, it, it, it's always fun when, when a team's battle back, someone steals a win here, someone grabs a win here. And I think the Yankees um, made up for it in in this last series with those last two wins to go into the all-star break. So there's really not much I can complain about. Uh, Those two will probably be the the one that hurt the most, but it's been, it's been an incredible ride
0: for me it was an easy choice simply because it came out of nowhere and you never expected it. Um, for me, I'm going with the Yankees getting no hit on June 25th against the Houston Astros, bro. It, it was a combined no hitter. Like we weren't no hit by one guy, but still to have a guy by the name of Christian Javier, it wasn't like we were no hit by Justin Verlander, bro. You know what I'm saying? Uh, That one would have been a little easier to swallow because you would have been like, well, it's Justin Verlander being Justin Verlander. But I don't know about you, Sean, but going into that game, um, I'm looking at the matchup and I'm saying, bro, we got Garrett Cole against Christian Javier. That's a dub. You know what I'm saying? I was marking it down as a W. Boy, little did I know that Christian Javier and two Astros relievers would basically mow us down and no hit us and and you know you carry that over to almost being no hit two days in a row Giancarlo Stanton avoided that thank god but um it was out of nowhere bro it was out of left field as they say as the expression goes and it just did not feel good I know at the at that point in time you were out of town and I remember trying to get a hold of you. And even you were like, yeah, I know what happened. I don't want to talk about it. And I was basically feeling the same way. That
2: is exactly why I chose judge the, the walk-off he had against the Astros the walk-off uh, home run in the 10th. that that was like, you know, the Yankees, I think for fans have never felt so deflated or so zero to a hundred so quick. And uh, you know, to get no hit and then to get almost no hit again all the way into the seventh inning of the following game and then obviously stan breaks it up with the, the solo and then you know the yankees chip away in the uh in in the eighth to tie it which and then judge hits the walk off you know three run home run the 10th you had such a complete flip-flop of of emotions from going like oh my god the yankees haven't had a hit in 16 innings said now it's 17 innings oh my god like when is this team going to actually hit the ball and then all of a sudden Stanton wakes up, like you You felt the crowd like, you know, have the great the biggest cheer ever for one hit that it was so desperately needed. And then if you just it almost felt like a light switch because then the Yankees like woke up and, you know, they they savaged, you know, that that series. They, you know, they tied, like I said, they tied the game up and then they end up winning with the walk off, you know, to to be almost no hit for two straight games. And then to come back to win on a walk off like that. Great moment for for Yankee fans, I guess.
0: Let's go rapid fire with our letter grades that we
2: give. Uh, I would give it a B-plus for for this season so far.
0: Brother, I'm going A-plus. I mean, when you're leading the league in home runs, RBIs, runs scored, slugging, OPS, it's kind of hard not to go anywhere lower than A-plus. Like, you're leading the league in every single offensive category except stolen bases, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, let's go Yankee defense.
2: Uh, an A. I'd give it an A.
0: See, I'm going B.
2: Uh, I I give it an A because of how much it's been an an incredible switch from last year. I I would give last year's defense like a D minus. You know, that's how bad we were defensively. So to see this switch and, you know, being probably a top two, top three catalyst for why the Yankees are 64 and 28 at the break, I would say it's because of the defense. So I'd give it an A.
0: I agree with you. If, if we were ranking it last year, I would go D minus or D also. I'm just not giving it an A because I feel like it could be better. Uh, there's been a few plays by Isaiah kiner falefa uh, Josh Donaldson, you know, even Rizzo's missed a few of them, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, they've, they've had their sloppy games where, you know, they could have been better that's the only thing preventing me from giving them an A because they you're right. They've been outstanding, especially compared to last season. But I just, for me to give them an A or an A plus, bro, they've had to be perfect and they have not been perfect. Um, Let's go pitching. What do you give the pitching?
2: This one's got to be an A A plus for me because of how incredible everyone's been. Uh, every pitcher, like I said, that, that comes on the mound. I, I have absolute confidence in maybe not Chapman, not right now, but you know, I'm not going to get into that, but you know, I would give uh, I would give almost everyone else, you know, an A, A for the effort because they uh, they they've been incredible. And, and I have, you know, the Yankees are what they are because of them too. So
0: I'm going a minus because of a role this Chapman. That's the only reason, you know what I'm saying? Like he's the only thing keeping it from being an A bro. If it wasn't for him, you could say this whole pitching staff has been outstanding.
2: You know, going into last year where Jonathan Wisego was probably our, our, our best reliever and the guy we leaned on so much for so many things and Chad Green, you know, to have that. And Chad Green, we lose for the season. Luis Heal, we lose for the season, you know, and Jonathan Wisego is just now getting back and he struggled all year. Ever since he's, he's you know, been here with us, he he has struggled. But he's just battling back. I know he's had injuries and lingering injuries. So, you know, to see how this bullpen has, has, you know, been since those three guys have not been a part of the team almost all year and to to be one of the best bullpens, if not the best bullpen in baseball and with our pitching staff with all, you know, in the threes and ERA, basically, uh, you know, you really can't ask for more, especially, you know, Chapman has struggled, but he has not, you know made us lose games or made us, you know, go off track. That's how good the bullpen has been. So, yeah.
0: Well, like I said, remember it's been because Clay Holmes has taken the reins. If if it wasn't for Clay Holmes and that acquisition with the pirates that, that acquisition alone might have saved Brian Cashman's job, you know what I'm saying? If it ever was in question, because we'll never know. We don't know what what's going on behind closed doors and what those conversations between how Steinbrenner and and the top brass are with Brian Cashman. But um let's move on to uh base running. What do you think of the base running? What do you give them?
2: Uh I give it I give it like a B minus B right now because I there really hasn't been any. Blunders on the base paths. Obviously, everyone gets caught stealing every now and then. But last year, the Yankees led the league in, you know, outs on the base paths uh, with getting picked off or just, you know, trying to, you know, uh make a single, a double and stretch things out. But the Yankees haven't done that really at all, all season. So I, compared to last year where it was a F, 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 F minus, I would give it, uh like I said, probably a B minus B right now.
0: See, brother, I'd give it an eight because of that reason, because there's been no blunders, because they're not going station to station and they're not making silly mistakes on the base pass like Labor Torres did last year. You know what I'm saying? He was the main culprit. You know what I'm saying? How many times did he make mental errors and brain farts on the base pass? You haven't seen guys like that make those mistakes anymore. And, you know, they're not station to station anymore. They're going First to third on a single, they're you know, tagging up at the right times, they're stealing bases, they're they're pulling off double steals, Sean. The Yankees doing a double steal. When the when's the last time we've seen that? You know what I'm saying? Like, so you gotta give it an A because of that reason, because they've been so much more aggressive with that. I'll give you one right now that, that that'll solidify that point. What, did, what were you and me both excited about the other night when we were talking as the Yankee game was going on? When Marwin Gonzalez hit that suicide squeeze. Brother, a suicide squeeze with the Yankees? That involves base running. You can't pull off the suicide squeeze unless you, you have that base runner at third ready to, you know, in essence, steal home and get a good jump. Yankees would have never tried that last year. You know what I'm saying? So you can't go any lower than an A, in my opinion, you know what I'm saying? Because of that, they're they're pushing all the right buttons, you know?
2: You could take that a whole level further with that at bat, you know, from Hicks getting the single and then advancing the second and stealing third. And then and then, you know, on the very next pitch, the suicide squeeze, you know that. Yeah. You know, like. I was giving it a B because um you know we haven't stole stolen a lot of bases from a lot of guys that I I figured to be base stealing threats that's kind of how I was looking at it with the little Castros and IKF that you know had a couple stolen bases and but you know um regarding base running I would I would give it a uh I'd give it a B still it's just you know but definitely it's been a huge improvement from from last season
0: I mean we're tied for third place in steals in 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 the entire major leagues behind only the Chicago Cubs Texas Rangers and the Miami Marlins who are in first place with 75 steals I mean 63 steals brother we're when you're tied for third place in the entire major leagues that's that's saying that that yeah that they are stealing a lot and especially compared to last year which I bet my left you know what that they'd probably be in the bottom third of those standings last year if you looked, you know what I'm saying they they'd probably beat that last like brother, they were stationed the station, you don't remember like it was cool no, yeah, no you're
2: right, um definitely you know looking at it now there a lot every almost everyone on the team has at least stolen a base, and so yeah they they're definitely moving a lot better um you're making me eat my words a little bit here, which is fine, but that's you know it's it's definitely uh definitely. A better, better understanding of 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 base running from this team that we've seen, because last year was one of the worst I've ever seen from any team, and to see what it's done now, um, it it's definitely a huge improvement. So I'll give you that.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now let's go with one that I think we're both gonna agree on wholeheartedly. Uh, the coaching. What do you give the coaching?
2: Yeah, I I would give it probably an A. Um, from from everybody in, in the coaching staff, from Aaron Boone to, you know, Matt Blake, Dylan Lawson, you know, all of them have, have come in and been absolutely incredible for us these last couple of years. Uh, but, you know, I would say that Aaron Boone has made the, probably the biggest transition. Um, you know, he has managed his team really well. He has stuck up for this team and all of his players and, you know, I, the, the countless times I've seen him get thrown out, you know, backing up his players uh, you know, the hot mics are, are very live for him. It's, it's been very fun. Um, you know, Dylan Lawson has, has come in and, you know, as a new hitting coach and has been incredible and, uh, huge upgrade from, I, I would say from what we had last year, Matt Blake is like, we, I think Yankee fans like consider him a God type figure at this point, because of how incredible he's been for us ever since he's come over, uh, anybody, you know, even, even like, you know, Mike Harkey in the bullpen coach, like he's been absolutely incredible for us over the years, Luis Rojas, the old Mets manager being a third base coach. I haven't had a single bad thing to say about him compared to last year and, and the mistakes that we had, you know, over at third base. Um, There's so many, you know, even, even Hensley Mullins as the assistant hitting coach, he's been, you know, uh, um, um, Eric Bowen talked about him on, on the pod with us and, he even said that he, you know, has had manager offers and, you know, he's probably going to be a manager someday. And so this team, it, we have a stacked coaching lineup as well. So it's just been, it's been incredible for all of them. They've all done their jobs at at, at, at an incredible level.
0: I got to agree with you. Um, I'm going to go with an A also, um, you know, how can you not win? Like you said, you have Dylan Lawson, being a clear upgrade over Marcus Thames. You know, what I'm saying Marcus Thames and his, you know, swing for the fences mentality, and you know, nothing else. Swing for the fences or or strike out. Like that was a mentality last year, and that's why the Yankees were, you know, home run or bust. You know, um Dylan Lawson and his hit strikes hard mentality, like it's it's been a clear improvement. Matt Blake, you know, going from him after having to deal with Larry Rothschild, I know you put a thing on your Twitter where it says like, that was the best decision the Yankees ever made. I completely agree, bro. What a difference he's made. And, and like we said earlier in the podcast, Boone seems to finally be getting his, his feet under him as a manager. You know, I, I, I got to give it to him. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, overall, man, I, the coaching staff I, deserves a ton of praise for, for these 64 wins. and. Um, you know they deserve their flowers, so we're gonna give it to them on the, on this podcast. Um, finally, let's go with uh game management because uh, that's also very important in in the game of baseball. What do you give uh the game management from Aaron Boone uh, this year?
2: Yeah, like I was saying before, um you really can't give it anything other than than you know an A, a minus or even even an A
0: plus. Listen. I'm giving him an a minus, but in previous years, I would have given him anywhere from a C minus to a D, you know what I'm saying? So he's improved a lot. Um, let's, let's finally, uh, close this out, Sean, with our, our prediction, you know what I'm saying? You can't finish a a review show without some type of prediction thrown in. So I'm going to put you on the spot right here, brother. um, What's one prediction that you're going to, that you are willing to make about this team going into the second half?
2: Um, I think the Yankees make some moves and, uh, to, to change up the outfield a little bit and some starting pitching and they go for this world series run. Um, if you had to put me on the spot, I say the Yankees are, are in the world series versus whoever. And, um, I I will say right here right now that the Yankees will win number twenty
0: eight. <laughs> bold prediction, brother. Hopefully, 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 your mouth to God's ears. Oh, me um, too. That's that's a few predictions, but I'll take it. I'll take it. I love it. Um, I'm gonna go similar. Um, and you'll see what I mean by that in a second. Um, I also think they're gonna make a few moves at the deadline, but my one. Prediction. I have a few also, but my one prediction is: uh, I feel like Matt Carpenter is gonna be a bigger factor come October. Like I feel like you're gonna see him either surplant Joey Gallo as the starting left fielder, or you know, be worked in as the DH. Somehow, some way, that guy's gonna get a lot more playing time than he's had in this first half. Mark my words, especially if he keeps hitting the way he's hitting you're gonna have to like you know one thing is to give them sparing you know sparingly playing time in the in the first half or in the regular season because you gotta work the rest game and give guys days off and this and this there's no days off come october you know what i'm saying so come october you gotta put your best guns out there you know Put your best lineup out there. And I feel like that lineup is going to include Matt Carpenter more often than not. Um, I also agree with you that I feel like the Yankees are going to be playing against the best record in the National League. Don't be surprised if we got a, a Subway Series, World Series again. I feel like this is the year that, you know. The Yankees will finally be popping champagne bottles and me and you will be celebrating like there's no tomorrow, brother. I feel like this is it. So I I completely agree with you. That's that's my uh predictions for the second half. Um any any final thoughts, Sean, before we we call it a, a show?
2: Uh just without to say that I I really look forward to the second half. Um this this first half has been uh, on another level, something I never expected. Um, I expected to have a, a, a good team. I never expected it to be this good. Um, I think Yankee fans need to, um, you know, think of the possibility that this this team is World Series contenders. But you know, it might not be another sixty-win type half. You know, we, we I don't think the Yankees will go out and get one hundred twenty wins this season. But I I still think the Yankees will be, you know, a a top, um, a top team. And I think the best team in the major leagues, you know, come playoff time. So I think the Yankees have, the Yankee fans need to be patient, especially when it comes to this trade deadline. I think there's going to be some big names floating around. I think the Yankees will make the moves necessary to win. I think it'll, man, yeah, I, that would, you'd have to empty the farm for him. But yeah, I I think it's just going to be the cashman way where we get a move that we we don't expect to be the big, oh like, oh, we got this big player type move. I think it's gonna be a player that we question a little bit. And then it turns out to be great because that's, Cashman has had plenty of experience doing that to us. So, you know, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun second half. And I expect big things, you know, for this Yankee team moving forward.
0: Kudos from me, brother. I'm expecting a big second half. Um so on that note, Sean, I think we're gonna call it a show. So Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, Be sure to give us a five-star rating and review if you like the show. Uh, Definitely be sure to subscribe so you get new episodes. And uh, we look forward to bringing you much more great content in the second half. So from Sean, I'm Enrique. You guys have a great all-star break, and we'll talk to you soon. Go Yanks!